Hey, welcome back to the Tunes Podcast. This is episode 10. We got Kellen McGugan in the house. What up? What's up, y'all? Hey, uh, real quick, I uh, just want to remind you guys to follow us on social media. Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's Tunes Podcast. T-U-N-E-S slash T-O-O-N-S. Uh, you could listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And so, uh, Kellen, a guy I've been trying to get in for a couple sessions here. I did. <laughs> got uh, uh, sick as hell the last time I tried to have yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. I was not uh, was not feeling up to it, uh, but I finally managed to suck it up and and get in here for something that I wanted to do for a long yeah, time. Yeah, man, it's exciting uh, to have someone with as much knowledge and as passionate about anime as you. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if you, as you probably heard on the other shows, I kind of. And the self-professed like king of basic bitch anime myself, <laughs> and so to have someone that's not quite as like mainstream or maybe has a little bit more granular, granular, granular knowledge. Oh man, it's, damn! I'm trying a third time to get that word. It. You got it. Uh, it's exciting for me. Thanks, man. Well, uh, I, I'm excited just because of the fact that any chance that I get uh, to talk about anything anime, period, is like something that I absolutely want to do because my friends who know me know that I unabashedly love anime and my fiance knows that as well so you know it's kind of a fun thing so she's ready she's ready yeah to, she she is she's ready for the long haul yeah and to <laughs> yeah she'll be she'll i'm gonna force her to listen to this it's gonna there be great <laughs> <laughs> uh and so yeah we were talking a little bit earlier uh we actually met uh, i went to a one of your funder up events uh can you kind of talk about funder up what that is maybe for people that have never heard of it or aren't aware of it absolutely funder up is a charity organization that's myself and ryan drake started back uh last year uh we really wanted to kind of mix um our love for classic video games with uh you know raising money and charity and with the uh with the evolution of twitch and how that's come about we were able to find a really easy platform to do it on and so we did the first funder up at my house uh we blazed through final fantasy 7 in two days and we raised like I think two grand, two or three grand for uh, Pet Angels Rescue, which is a um, it's like a, a dog shelter or an animal shelter uh, up kind of uh, in North Edmond. We were able to get like twenty dogs vetted or something like that and ready for adoption. So that was cool. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. And then where we met uh, was the Speakeasy one, uh, Funder Up Two Cruise Control, where we played through uh, Legend of Zelda: Ocarina of Time. We were raising money for uh, Spencer Hicks's son. Uh, to get him a new uh, insulin pump, and we were able to get that money to him in 24 hours. So that was awesome. Yeah, man, that was a good time, too. Yeah, yeah that was a lot of fun. The Final Fantasy in two days is crazy, because I couldn't beat that game in two years. I uh, mean, it was, it, was, <laughs> it was definitely difficult, because then you remember why some of those classic RPGs take so long to beat, and you appreciate them so much more than when you have to blaze through it in, you know, like 48 hours, like... Somehow I got stuck playing Midgar when I specifically said, <laughs> I don't know how it happened either. I was like, guys, there's no, there is no way play. I'm playing Midgar this time. <laughs> there is absolutely no way. And I'm always the friend who gets stuck playing Midgar. Uh, but, you know. You're just like, God damn it. Yeah, it's like, what the <laughs> fuck? Again? I'm, I remember uh, playing through that game for the first time. Uh, and, you know, it was like the multiple discs. It just like blew yeah. my mind. Uh, cause whenever you get to that second disc and it's, it's like, uh, you have to take your, you have to open your game and then put the other game in and hit circle. Yeah. Like, I was like, gonna, what is yeah. life? <laughs> like I have never opened this while playing like, you're like in am, my life. Am I about to break something? Yeah. You're, you're like, like they're, they're tricking me. <laughs> yeah. So you erased my game. <laughs> I was like, God damn it. Damn it. <laughs> but yeah, it's just funny because like 
whenever it's something you've never done, you're just like, are they trying to trick me? They're going to get me. Right. Right. Exactly. Right. Uh, but yeah, that was a good time, man. I, uh, I remember I went, um, just cause I heard it was like, I had become aware of the concept just through Mike Allen. Oh uh, yes. Was like, the man, he's yeah. our MVP. He was like, and he was, as soon as I got there, he was like the guy, like he was on the sticks, like show, he was like doing, uh, he had like, secret things that i like never even knew about the game and i was like what the hell he has and like every for every funder up he actually brings a notebook full of like <laughs> notes for the games no and it's 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 so cool and it's so helpful because half the time our heads are firmly up our own asses so we have no idea what's going on it's like we've put on this event we've promoted it we're ready to go and then all of a sudden we're like oh fuck that's right we got to play the game and then luckily mike's there to be like it's cool, guys. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's, man, he's kind of a jack of all trades, yeah. too, because he does, like, you know, design work. Uh, he he's plays in the Nims. Dude, he's one of the most talented dudes I've ever met, easily. Yeah. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, he was uh, easily the first choice for me to have on this podcast. Yeah. So he's yeah. my ina- inaugural guest. And I remember. Like, <laughs> it's hard to keep up with him, too, because he has so much knowledge just about everything. Yep. So I'm like, shit, I'm just here. You talk, Mike. I'm here. Isn't he a big Street Fighter dude? Yeah, I guess yeah. one of their first art shows that they do at the Speakeasy right. was a uh, was a, uh, a Street Fighter one. Here's pun. And so that was one of the first times I actually met Mike. Was a uh, you know not to get off on a tangent. But, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were doing a Street Fighter Five tournament for um, it was like trying to buy books for elementary school uh, that, J- that James that. put on this last like winter, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And. I went just because I thought, you know, I'd, I'd met James. I thought he was a cool guy and right. just wanted to support. It was like 10 bucks. So I was like, yeah, it'd be fun. And I hadn't been to New World Comics up to that point. And so, um, yeah, I went. I've never in my life played Street Fighter. <laughs> and so I went and I played uh, this girl. I can't remember her name now, but she freaking whooped my ass. It was nice. crazy. And then I just spent the rest of the night playing uh, Super Smash Brothers Melee, which is my favorite game of all time anyway. Nothing so. wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was kind of, it's funny, like I've just met more and more people going to like those events like that either James is putting on or Mike's putting on mm-hmm. or whatever it is. It just ends up in a very serendipitous way. I end up meeting more people that like the same shit as me. So it's like, this is awesome. We've all started finding people and then you just need to be the person that connects everyone and brings it all together into like an anime convention or something like that. That would be exciting. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, speaking of like those art shows and everything, one of the ones I did was Cowboy Bebop. Oh, yeah. And so that was kind of one uh, we were talking about before that, uh, you know, it's kind of like the go to for people, like as far as like a gateway series. Yep. Why do you think that is? Uh, well, for one, I think it had to do with timing for when it came out. So I'm 32, I'm almost 33. Um, and when it came out here on, you know, like Toonami, it was playing Saturday nights, probably at like 1 30 a.m., 2 a.m. And I was sixteen year old, sixteen year old kid in OKC washing dishes at Sushi Nico, and I would come home and put on Cowboy Bebop to you know kind of unwind. And I had grown up watching you know like Dragon Ball here and there and Gundam Wing, of course. But uh, Cowboy Bebop was like kind of the first like majorly major big one that really like stuck with me super hard. And it, it it maybe it was from timing and being in an impressionable age, or the fact that the uh, the dub was the it still is probably the best dub of all time. And uh, like I think even Shinichiro Watanabe may have said that he prefers the dub over uh, the sub. Really? So wow. Yeah, it's uh, that's definitely one of the good dubs because uh, you hear like Spike's voice is like Tom's voice from yep from uh, Toonami. Uh, yeah, yeah, the robot. And so yeah, it was kind of cool. Like it's one of those things like you don't really 
because they're so separate. And then mm-hmm. whenever you hear it, you're like, of course that's the same. Voice. Yeah, you're like, like how did I never know? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that is a good dub. Um, another good dub that I've actually recent recently started watching was um, Steins Gate. And yeah. so I've gotten into that, and it's crazy. Like uh, Mike <laughs> specifically uh, kind of tapped that one as the being one that did a great job of like localizing some of the humor. And so like whenever I got into watching it and was looking out for those things that he had mentioned to me, I was mm-hmm. just like, yeah, they really do. Like they say like very like American like phrases. They say like hell is hella crazy, man, yeah. <laughs> or it's hella crazy, bro. And I'm like, I don't even think about it. But yep. then I'm like, wow, this is what an interesting dub this ended up being. It And the cool thing about it too, well, uh, especially with Steinsgate, it was just kind of one of those shows that kind of pushed the boundaries of what uh, I felt like what anime could be, you know, in meddling with the subject matter that it meddled with. And um, I think it pushed the envelope uh, a lot. And maybe it, uh, okay, I'm going to rephrase that. It, it pushed the envelope for taste, I think, uh, and, and let people kind of get out of the normal, uh, like, shonen bullshit and be able to delve into a series that was only 12 episodes or only 24 episodes. And there's, there's just so much more out there that people don't kind of realize. Yeah. Did you, uh, so I, I take it you've like finished that series. Did you ever watch uh, robotics notes? Uh, no. See, I haven't got into that one. And, uh, James was, was actually the one that told me that he's like a spiritual successor to that. Really? Um, but he was the one that actually initially had, I think had really, um, suggested that I get into Steins Gate. Um, I guess he said he read, read an article that said uh, Steins Gate greatest anime of all time question mark, uh, and he was like, "Yeah, I can get behind that." Like he was, he kind of co-signed that that thought and that kind of like how uh, you know inventive and kind of yeah. different it was. It's kind of in that vein. It's totally up there, dude. And uh, the cool thing about it as well, um, you know, with anime again is um, you know taste is subjective. Mm-hmm. So you can, uh, there are so many genres of anime out there now that there's really something for everybody. Yeah, and that's one uh, we kind of talk about those, and we kind of have the ones that we talk about commonly, like Steinsgate and Paranoia Agent. Mm-hmm. Kind of these ones that, at the same time as being derivative of like the classic tropes of anime, kind of break out of those tropes. Absolutely, and so it's kind of like this, you know, progressive thing where it's like going into another style, but you can kind of see like, like oh, okay, at its roots, it has like those you know, hints of those tropes and everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just, it's funny to think about it now, especially like I always tap the uh, Gundam wing as an example. Um, that's one that I got into as a kid, just cause it was like, these are awesome giant robots <laughs> yeah. fighting. Yeah. And it's like, uh, oh, look at the explosion. Yeah. And then you go back and see how, like how political the tone was. And it's like, Oh, very political. And so you, you kind of, you know, as you mature, you're like, Oh shit, there's like more to that than just like the giant mechs. And, uh, well, especially kind of with, uh, what was her name? Relina Peacecraft mm-hmm. and Trey's Kush Renata and uh, that whole kind of United Earth Sphere Alliance and it, all of that and like the coup d'etat and everything that played into it was super cool. And that kind of turned me on to uh, like Gundam Wing, but then you had the OVA of Endless Waltz. That mm-hmm. was awesome. That was something that I don't think, well, me anyways, being, you know, the very casual anime fan I was at the time that I came out, I was probably a freshman in high school. Um, uh, just having Gundam Wing for the longest time, and then you know, a year and a half, two years later, oh shit, here's Endless Waltz playing on Toonami, and it's, it's you know, it's like I didn't, I didn't, uh, there wasn't like a 
internet community or anything that I could look that up on. I had no idea it existed. And then here comes Endless Waltz and it just fucking blew my mind. Yeah, you're yeah. just like, shit, there was more to yeah, that? Yeah, dude, there's like, it, it <laughs> made me realize there's like so many possibilities for anime and what it could be and what it could do. Yeah, I feel like we kind of touch on the same things. Um, I think it's just the nature of it, you know, what it is. But uh, we kind of touch on like the same subjects um, from guest to guest. And that was an interesting one with Gundam because it's kind of... You know, you know from the beginning, whenever you get into it, that it's at different points of the storyline. Yeah. Um, whereas something like, um, what is the one that we always Robotech is packaged as like a uh, as like a uh, one like series where it's really like three continuities. And so that one's kind of a throwback one from like the eighties. I don't know if you've seen that I, one or if you're like aware of it. Uh, no, I'm I'm aware of it. I feel like I may have seen it maybe once or twice on sci-fi channel like back in like the mid to late 90s um but i do remember always seeing uh like the robotech boxes at uh suncoast video Sun- like in the mall Shit. you know what i'm talking about let's give it up for suncoast one time y'all come on y'all <laughs> Appl- applause break man rest in peace yeah i was gonna say rest in peace <laughs> Pour one out yeah yeah it's like what else did i see at suncoast i saw that uh ronma half of fuck yes yeah. <laughs> we uh we, what were we, i think it was casey mcelroy that i talked to about sun coast but that was the first place i ever saw dragon Ball Z box sets yeah yeah no that totally makes sense now that i'm thinking about it that may have been the first place i saw it too and so you're like man what is it because it's like one of those things that makes it more accessible and you're like wow and then i think they even had some like um some of the original like model kits where you could build like a, a heavy arms gundam or like oh, a yeah. burning gundam mm-hmm. or uh, they had like different stages of like Super Saiyan Goku, like. And isn't it such fucking bullshit? It's like how badly we wanted those things as kids. Yeah, and we had no access to it. Where now it's like, if I wanted like a Heavy Arms Kai uh, Endless Waltz model, uh, I could just I could just go on Amazon and just be nothing. Yeah, it's crazy. That's why I bought some of like the stupidest shit now. Since oh, I, uh, me too. That's the best part of being uh, an yeah, adult. Absolutely. Yeah, I waste my money uh, at the behest <laughs> of my loved ones yeah. on things that I absolutely do not need. And I love it. Oh, man. But that's, yeah, that's definitely the best part of being an adult. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, no, no. We're not, yeah, we're not walking away from this figurine anymore. Mm-mm. No, no, no. That's no, coming no. home with me. Yeah. And that's why, that's why we have anime conventions. <laughs> um, so, yeah, kind of transitioning from yeah, that, yeah. one of the ones you talked about. Uh, kind of tapped as being your favorite, um, just kind of like that contrarian in you, I guess, naturally, mm-hmm. is because uh, you talked about so many people like in Cowboy Bebop, you kind of went another way with, uh, how, how do you say his Haikyuu? Haikyuu. Haikyuu. Yeah. You know, I actually just saw uh, recently someone shared a video, I don't know if it was you or somebody, shared a clip from that um from that show and it was like a really? it's like a one a one series because it's a it's about volleyball right and so i uh they shared like one series of like a, a point in the game i guess it was like a pivotal game super intense and so i was just like man this is like super dramatic it's like the exact like same styles like dragon ball z but they're like playing a volleyball game yep. and so it's just like the grandiose like the over the top like dramatic very like dramatic. trope mm-hmm. uh is very prominent in that um what kind of drew you to that what, how did you first become aware of that one uh, I started watching that actually right when I first got uh, Crunchyroll, and that was maybe three years ago, two, about three years ago, probably. Um, and I was single. Uh, I didn't even have like girls I was talking to. I was at a dead end job. I was just really bummed out, and I was <laughs> like, "Man, I need to start watching anime again." It's like I need to get back. And one of my uh, one of my friends. 
was like, well, what kind of stuff do you like? And I was like, uh, what do you mean? And I was like, I like anime. And he was like, well, dude, it's not that easy. Like, like, what do you like? Like in life, what do you like? And I was like, well, I like cooking and I like sports. I love sports. And he was like, perfect. There are actually, there's sports anime. That's the thing. And I was like, no shit. And so I sat down on one Sunday, hungover, of course, and watched uh, the entire first season of Haikyuu, like in one sitting. Wow. Yeah. And it, it just blew my mind. It, it sucked me right back into anime because it wasn't the typical, what I've come to know is the typical sports anime where, you know, terrible guy joins team, has unnatural talents, takes team to national championship, wins everything, right? Uh, this is a much different uh, story in the fact that the team, Karasuno, sucks. They are terrible. And you go through the growing pains with them and you go through like the hurt and the disappointment and the loss and being shitty at this sport that you want to be amazing at, but realizing you have to work for it. And the show just does an incredible job of kind of painting that story from, you know, the start of the series to where it is now, which I don't want to spoil it because you should totally watch it. But um, it's very super interesting how... um, it starts to play into some of the characters too. Like it doesn't let anyone sit in the background. Like everybody has a backstory and everybody has like something to contribute Mm. to the storyline. Um, and everyone is dealing with their own like kind of personal struggles and it's really cool to see like an, like an ensemble cast. Yeah. Like everybody plays a part. There's no like side characters. It absolutely is. And, um, I, so I got really into Haikyuu and then when the second season was coming out, I was actually, uh, I was in Tokyo and I was walking around in like Shibuya and uh, like Shinjuku and Harajuku and seeing like Haikyuu uh, like billboards and like cars driving by playing the the second season theme song with like like a video board thing like Haikyuu so season sick. two. Yeah, I was like, oh my fucking god, this is where I need to be. <laughs> I love it here. <laughs> <laughs> I, and I had just started dating my then fiance. And in the back of my head, I was like, man, should I just say like fuck everything and just be an English teacher in Japan? <laughs> Obviously, I think I made the right choice, but uh, it was it was really cool to see. Yeah, just pull a Gentry McEwen and move to China and become a teacher like she did. Yeah, right. J- Japan. Like. Just be like, later. <laughs> but yeah, Haikyuu turned me on to the possibility of what anime could be. And it turned me on to other series like uh, Yewamushi Pedal, which is an anime about cycling that actually got me into cycling. And it got me off my ass and like physically active again. So there's something kind of cool about that as well. Yeah, it kind of ties like because that kind of falls into like the common thing of, oh, that's just people that just stay at home and watch TV all day. But when there's like an actual thing, when it's kind of spurs you to take an action like just out exactly like start cycling just because it was a show about cycling really that's i mean and that's how it kind of came about and you know i can't go outside and fly around with a fucking sword and kill demons but i can (laughs) totally ride my bike around my neighborhood and like save up and buy a really nice bike and get really into the gear and everything like that and like try and ride in amateur races and stuff yeah definitely so that's what i did and then it's cool when you know kind of okc has like things like the pro-am classic and dude it's just like right here in the city yeah Yeah, i'm like super into it's awesome um, so another one that you, uh, actually before we get into that, mm. um, there was actually a sports show that I watched. It was like an anime. It was when I lived in Mexico. It was about soccer. 
I don't know if you know that one. I can't even think of what uh, it's called. I just remembered about it when you were talking about this. But I could look it up later and figure out what it was. Yeah, because I don't know if I would know the name. Yeah, there was one, and it was in Spanish. And so that was oh, kind shit, of a yeah. funny <laughs> thing to like watch like this Japanese animation in Spanish as yeah. an American. The, and you're just like, <laughs> man, everything's just coming together. Why can't we all get along? <laughs> and so yeah, that was a cool show. But I was just like, I think that was kind of the tipping point for me where I was like, man, there's like more than just like fighting shows. It's like, it's like, Oh wow. Um, but another show that, uh, you had kind of referenced as being one that you enjoyed was, uh, one that Tim that was on the show before had mm-hmm. actually referenced. And he talked to me about it. It was, uh, and it kind of threw me off cause you'd put, you'd, we, you'd called it like food wars. Oh yeah. But he had called it no yeah, Shokugeki no Soma and kind of walked me through like the backstory and like the whole vibe behind the show. And I'm just like, this show sounds insane. Yeah. The show itself is super fucking wacky. <laughs> first of all, uh, in the fact that like the things that it shows, I mean like, People having orgasms eating food basically is uh, is the Cliff Notes version of it. The TLDR is uh... yeah, that's the T- yeah, that's TLDR. <laughs> but at the same time, again, it's one of those things that plays into really well having like a giant ensemble cast that has a lot of different stuff going on, and it explores a lot of different styles of cooking, which is something that I'm super into because uh, I went to college for hotel restaurant administration. Oh, and okay. I've been, I worked in restaurants up until a couple of years ago since I was 16. It's kind of all I ever knew. So being able to see that um, kind of talked about in an anime was super cool, especially with how detailed they get into cooking methods and tastes and stuff like that. It makes the show wildly unique. And I think that it, it lends itself really well to maybe a casual fan who is like kind of like a culinary geek could potentially get into that. Yeah. So is that actual like is it actual good shit like actual cooking techniques and everything behind it it's fucking good shit i was really impressed that it actually like it held up really well to um like uh talking about like certain tasting notes for certain spices and like cooking techniques uh like in like gastric stuff and it was weird i mean weird in a good way good weird yeah yeah i was like (laughs) oh man this is so cool they actually did this justice unlike the show um so we were talking about soccer anime. There is a soccer anime that came out, I think it was last year, or maybe it was early this year, called Days. Man, it fucking sucks. Really? Yeah, it was really disappointing. Um, it just ended up being like this campy shonen bullshit that I just was not into at all. I was like, man, it is so incredibly disappointing that they took it this way. Man, that's kind of... <laughs> it's kind of poor shonen kind of just gets shit on. Yeah, there's, there's certain good shonen, like... I didn't know it probably doesn't count as shonen, but uh, like the first season. The, OK, no, I take that back. The first 13 episodes of Sword Art Online are some of the best anime I've ever seen. OK, I remember that one was on Netflix for the longest time. Yep. and I just never checked it out. But Dude, <laughs> right when it came out, me and uh, my friend Scarlett, uh, Scarlett Wright, who works at Funimation and uh, our friends Misty and uh, her boyfriend Dale Jones and uh, our friend Marshall, we went to Akon. Uh, in Dallas, which is like the biggest anime convention in the Midwest. I've been the last three years. But the year that came out, we had a running count of people in Kirito costumes, which is like the protagonist of the series. Yeah. We probably counted like 50 cosplays. That was a big thing that year, man. Fucking (laughs) what? (laughs) 
So that uh, the soccer anime that I was thinking of is Captain Tsubasa. Captain Tsubasa? Yeah, I've never like <laughs> really like talked to anyone <laughs> that, that has seen so, this. That is like classic 80s kind of like <laughs> It is like style, throwback. Right? I pulled it up on my phone so Kellen could see it. And the hairstyles. <laughs> Holy shit. It was like super campy and corny too. So <laughs> That's great. It, it was yeah, I mean, it was just like one of those things like uh I don't know what it was about like Mexico specifically, but whenever I was like in elementary school, I remember I had a friend who um you know, had recently moved here from Mexico and talking about Dragon Ball Z because everybody was into it, of course. Of course. And he's talking about, yeah, there's this guy. And we, mind you, we're like in, man, it had to have been like Vegeta Raditz times, like, like early on, like, and he's talking about, yeah, there's this guy like named Majin Buu that I was like, fuck, like, what are yeah, you talking yeah, about? Yeah, it's dude? like, what is this? This is like a foreign, like, what? The, yeah, and what? like now looking back, I'm like, man, how far ahead were they in Mexico? Like, jeez. Dude, do you, if you think back on it, did we ever actually get like the Majin Buu saga? Like, legitimately. Like, I don't know if they, did they ever dub it? Yeah, they had, they had it from like, because they had uh, Bobbity and Deborah and all them. I don't know. I, I was just trying to think if I Mandela affected myself. I was like, <laughs> did we? <Maybe>. Like <laughs> Fucking Shazam, bro. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or Kazam. God, whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. God did damn you, it. Oh, um, speaking of Dragon Ball, did you know they're having the first annual Dragon Ball conference in Dallas? Like, it's the official one, Kamea Con. What? I didn't yeah, know that. Yeah, dude. That sounds lit. It's the week after my wedding, so I can't go. But. Oh, shit. That will be your honeymoon, right? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> Julie's going to love it. She would kick your ass. <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> <laughs> man uh, yeah i just remember thinking back to like how the hell they got that like way ahead of us and it's just like that's nuts yeah and it's bullshit. Um, so a couple of the other ones that you had um i'm interested to hear about just because like i hadn't yes. um i haven't heard about these yet uh the perfect insider yeah the perfect insider is really really cool and i put that one on there because it was um it was something that i wasn't really used to watching it's about um, it's basically a murder mystery in like eleven or twelve episodes. The uh, the intro song is fucking great, um, uh, man. Because I was thinking about this on the way over. It's like, what was I going to say about um, what was I going to say about this? And then I kept thinking, I was like, oh shit, you know, it was like, is there something that I didn't mention? So let's go at the end. We got to go back, and I'm gonna. There's one in my head okay. that I want to make sure that we got to go back to if I didn't mention it. That's <laughs> nah, all good. Okay, um, but. Yeah, Perfect Insider is uh, super cool, like very analytical and critical thinking. Um, it leaves like a good breadcrumb trail for you to kind of pick out, you know, like what exactly is going on, who done it, sort of a thing. Um, but very cool, like warped psychological shit. Hmm. Is it along the lines of like a Detective Conan or is it like? No, no, it's 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 a lot more serious than Detective Conan. Because that's kind of slapstick, I guess. Um, yeah, yeah, and so and so this is yeah, like uh, like a student field trip. Someone gets fucking killed, uh, but uh, yeah, it's they go and visit this person, this research person on this island who hasn't left like this single room in like fifteen years or something like that. Yeah, it can, so it can get pretty dark. On and some think, old boy type shit, yeah, right dude. There. I think it's only like eleven or twelve episodes too, so it's quick watch. See, I love those that are easily consumable because yep. it's just like. Boom, we're done. In and out. It's not like a million episodes like Naruto. Nope, can't do that in Bleach. I will never watch Bleach. 
just from the sheer volumes of a I can't, I can't fucking sheer volume of episodes. Yeah, like someone give me the abridged version. <laughs> Straight up. Um yeah, that would be that would be an interesting one especially um that seems like it would translate easily. Uh one of the things I like to talk to my guests about is um kind of a the translation from an anime series or like a manga series into a uh like a uh, live action movie. Yeah. And so we've talked about, you know, how much of a piece of shit some of them have been like Avatar and <laughs> Dragon Ball Evolution. <laughs> God, uh, it's so is, bad. Is there one that you think would, that you would like to see personally that would be like a cool like adaptation that you think could be done well? Man, that's, that's hard. Um, oh, I will use an anime that came out, I believe it was last year, um, called Erased. Very cool kind of like this guy has this ability that he sometimes can't control to be able to go back in time to change something for the better to save someone's life. But he's like a pizza delivery dude. His career is like a manga artist is totally fucked. Uh, So he's, you know, working this shit job and he ends up like saving this person's life using his power. And then one time he accidentally overdoes it like and saves this person's life and like jumps in front of his car or something like that and basically gets injured and goes back in time to like 1980 something and has to solve the uh disappearance of a girl that was in his class and he knows like as as a little kid he knows that he's been sent back in time to do this whoa so he's like yeah what a trip yeah that would be an interesting movie yeah i thought it was i thought it was pretty cool i mean you'd have to get like some dope ass child actors and you'd have to not fucking whitewash it yeah fuck that well that's what speaking of whitewash it was like a the thing that just came out about akira the the oh yeah the director the adaptation they're trying to do is he like guarantee that it won't be whitewashed Mm -hmm. i was like he said he's gonna get japanese teenagers to play it too i was like fuck yeah that shit's gonna be lit like that's gonna be if that actually ends up happening I'm crossing my fingers, like, because part of me doesn't want it to happen, but the other part kind of does. Also because he said he was going to go off the graphic novels and not the movie. Yeah, that's what, um, that was the other thing I read about it. He said he was a fan of the, uh, the graphic novels mm-hmm. originally, and that he would, if he, you know, got the chance or whatever, he would do more of, like, that as, like, a source material than the movie. Yep. Um, so did you read the, did you I'm read in. the series? No, 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 okay. no, I didn't. I was like, that's what uh, I've talked to a couple of people that have read the series. I like to kind of get their take on like really? what they think would be like if they think they could uh, kind of condense it into a movie. Yeah, because that's kind of the thing. Like uh, we talk about is it's one of those things. Like no matter what, how good the movie is or ends up being, um, there's always those people that are going to be like one or two things that they remembered that didn't make the cut because maybe it wasn't a vital piece, but then they just go on to like shit on the movie and it's like, God damn it. Can you give it a chance? Dude, that's why I can't like, if they were going to do like a remake of the anime, uh, I wouldn't be able to watch it. Well, if it's just like a shot for shot, then it's like, what's even the point? I just watched the old one. Right. Right. Like I, I just, I wouldn't be able to do it. Like, because I watched the old one, you know, as a little kid so many times, I don't know why, or how I got my hands on it to watch it so many times, but uh, as a kid, but I fucking just I loved it, and I don't think I could see it adapted into live action. I just I don't think. Yeah, I could. we'll see how it ends up being, man. If it ends up happening, it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be real interesting. Really interesting. Um, so one of the other ones that you uh, had um, said was one of your favorites, 
Tonkatsu DJ. How you say that? Agetaro. Agetaro. Yeah. I'm I'm real bad at uh I'm real American, y'all. <laughs> so I'm real bad at saying these words. Um yeah, what's like the what's like the draw to that one? I put that one on my list because it's uh I don't want to be like cuz it's different from all the other ones, <laughs> but like it's um so it's a it's like a it's a short run. So each episode is only about 7 minutes long as opposed to, you know, normal anime is like 20 25 minutes. Um and it's about this kid who works at his uh family tonkatsu restaurant uh in Tokyo and he basically has a dream of being a DJ. And then so he meets, he goes to this club and meets this DJ and then he starts learning how to DJ and then he starts learning how to like dig through record crates and find cool records. And then he starts like getting these gigs with different DJs and it's just so fucking like weird. And the art style (laughs) is weird as shit. And, um, I, it's just something completely kind of different than what you would expect from your normal, like tropey anime, um, like cesspool of whatever you know it's just it's it's very distinctly its own thing which attracted me immensely to it and um there are some of the uh like a couple episodes are just classics yeah man that's uh i like those like kind of like you said it's it's kind of like in your nature it kind of like something that's different just to be contrarian almost yeah, yeah. but at the same time when it's something that actually resonates and is like good shit then you're yeah, like dude. this is awesome it, and that's exactly like I and I can even bring up the other one now um so Tenkatsu DJ Agetero is like I think it's like probably like maybe it's like eight or nine episodes maybe more um but there's also a show that was introduced to me by my friend Scarlett who works at Funimation again called Ping Pong and it's like the art style is super completely unique. I've never seen anything like it ever. And the story has such like good weight and substance. And, it, you know, it's a sports anime. So I was really into it. Um, and this, the story was just so captivating. And I thought it was so incredibly interesting and endearing about how you follow these characters all the way through a year in their life and then into the future about what they were doing and stuff like that. It was just really cool. Man, it's 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 one of those things. Like, I don't know if it's just me. Just I'm I'm sure everybody's like this, but <laughs> I it's like I like that stuff. But then I like just going back to that same old trophy shit oh, and dude. watching it. No, that's that's <laughs> and that's totally that's the cool part about anime is that there's something for everybody. It's not just you know like I I love that shit too. I love 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 it. Like I'll go back and watch Sword Art Online. Like if I'm feeling bummed out or something. I'll just go back and watch like the first season of Sword Art Online just because, you know, or um, I'll go start over Food Wars again. Or, you know, I think there was, oh, yeah, I just started watching Dragon Ball Super. Uh, and so that's been fun. It's a nice like palate cleanser from like some of the some of the other kind of offbeat shit that I like to watch. Yeah, it's like that same old like, OK, here we are back into the yeah, old familiar territory. Crank it the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we kind of talked a little bit about Kira and. Uh, and kind of the advent of those like anime like feature films or like yeah. movies or whatever, and so one that you had you had mentioned Tank Police was actually one that I've heard of but hadn't yeah. watched yet. Oh fuck, man! Blast from the past. I my mom was probably furious with me for renting Tank Police so many times at Blockbuster. <laughs> like it whoa, was, throwback. Yeah, dude. And uh, I actually looked up the theme song the other week at work. And I was like, somehow I'd remembered all the lyrics from like 20 years ago. I was like, holy fuck. Like, I actually, I'm into this right now. And then like going back and like watching some of the scenes, I was like, oh man. this You're was like, what the hell? Yeah, I was like, this wasn't that All good. that shit you can't remember. 
Yeah, but you, somehow you remember this song from twenty years ago, right? Right, and you're like, "What? Well, I need to start optimizing some space in here in like, my brain. Yeah, clear me the fuck out right now. It's like clear need, the cash. Do I need to quick. take shrooms or like what, what's what's the reset button?" <laughs> uh, and of course, um, that is like a classic one, but like because it's kind of a throwback one. But I haven't watched it yet, mm. and so it's like one of those things I'm excited to like get into. Yeah, it's it's definitely cool in like the late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. kind of anime thing that you. So if you're kind of into that, and maybe is that like currently a thing right now? It's like a trend of like younger younger kids, like in their late teens and early twenties, like being really into like eighties and like. I don't know. I don't, I've kind of seen like people that I would like unexpectedly talking about shows that were like Robotech or Star <laughs> yeah. Blazers and shit like that. I'm like. How do you know about that? Like what? You Yu show. Yeah, I'm like, how do you know about that? That's our thing, <laughs> yeah. okay? And, um, and they look like way cooler than us, and we're just like, fuck, man. Yeah. <laughs> I was not that cool at your age. This how isn't do fair. I win? <laughs> um, speaking of like a throwback one, did yeah. you ever watch? Um, this is one I've asked every single guest up to this point, and no one's seen it yet. Ooh. So there's a lot of a lot riding on this. Okay, and I, I'm not gonna lie. I <gasps> promise I'm not gonna lie. Okay, have you seen uh, Knights of the Zodiac? No. Oh, no, I have not. Or it's also known as like Saint Seiya. Mm-mm. Shit. Okay. Sorry. Nah, it's all good. That's like one of those obscure <laughs> the ones. Continues. Yeah, it's like one of those obscure ones that for some reason I found somehow. Knights and I'm like, Zodiac. what is this? Like, is it a series? So yeah, it was a series. It's like a long series. I'm looking it up right and, now. And uh, no, it's all good. But uh, yeah, it's like um, it's like kind of like that Monster of the Week type of like it's like the Jap like a Japanese version of well. Power Rangers is Japanese originally, yeah. but it's like a like an animation style, and you know it was just like that classic thing that struggle versus versus uh, good and evil, but like every every like good guy had like their power tied to like one of like the zodiac signs. Oh, cool! And so there was one that was like a like whatever you could think of like an Aries character, and then like a I can't even think of the damn zodiac. But <laughs> you know what? Okay, every character corresponded to some, like a sign. Fuck. You know what it makes me think of, and I know this isn't it, um, is like you remember like G Force, like the dude's yes. like the Falcon, like mm-hmm. kind of helmet sort of thing. It That's is kind of like think that. Of. Yeah, it is kind of like that. But um, the search continues, like you said. <laughs> uh, and then another one that I, I like that you put on here was a uh, the classic uh, Ghost in the Shell, like yeah, the throwback. Maybe. That is really a good really one. good. Um, Were you a fan of the the uh, the redone one? I guess now you said like whitewashing or oh no, absolutely not. I won't watch it. Uh, oh, you never watched it? Nope. Oh, okay, cool. Uh, not going to touch it. It just it doesn't seem uh, right. I don't. I'm, I'm not down. But I will say um, it. It may seem like I saw a Ghost in the Shell like when I was a little kid. Not true, actually. I just saw a Ghost in the Shell for the first time maybe like four or five years ago. Oh, okay. And it was just like, wow, I can't believe I missed this. This is fucking awesome. That's kind of how I'm getting into like shows now. I'm like, how the hell did I never watch this? But see, that's the best, that's the best part about getting into anime, especially in 2017 is you'll figure something out. Like one of your buddies will be like, oh yeah, you know, watch Shokugeki no Soma, you know, and you'll, because maybe he knows that you like cooking and you'll go and watch it. You'll be like, oh my God, dude, I have like 60 fucking episodes that I can totally sit (laughs) with and just like blaze through. This is going to be awesome it's just like you have all this stuff like waiting for you yeah that is the exciting part uh, especially because i was telling you talking to you a little bit before is that you know every guest is like giving kind of like a show <laughs> and now i'm like way backed up yeah, like dude. damn i'm never gonna catch up yeah you gotta clear your pipeline out <laughs> quick we gotta get everything out yeah because we got please. a lot of anime coming in yeah um so one of the things you talked about earlier was uh the theme song 
to one of your one of the shows like sticking out to you and I, that always happened to me with the dragon ball z theme song just because yes. like rocked out and specifically like some of the movies i remember one of the movies i can't remember specifically which one but it was like they actually got like the license to play like like deaf tones and like all kinds of stuff what? like that yeah have you seen like anime movies where they actually got like the licensed music fuck yeah dude the tekken movie oh they got the song uh save yourself by stabbing westward which Jesus. is like one of my favorite songs when I was like in middle school, high school, because it was just like, you know, typical angsty bullshit. But yeah. I just remember it being on that movie and I love Tekken, still do to this day. And I was just like, yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> like stabbing westward. <laughs> I, uh, man, yeah, I fuck with Tekken for sure. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, um, I remember my brother had like Tekken 3, maybe. Ah. One of them. I was, uh, Jen was always my guy. Yeah. And so I was like playing with him or Eddie Gordo. Eddie's a good one. Yeah. Who yeah. was your like go to in? Oh, Kazuya. Still to this day. Oh, okay. Yeah. Can't, uh, I don't want to say like, I can't be touched, but, uh, my, <laughs> you can't fuck with me. Yeah. Yeah. My, my Kazuya is very strong. And then in the later games, like five, six, and seven, uh, I picked up Bob. Oh, okay. Which has been fun. Man, I, uh, I don't know. I might do a little, I was talking to you about how I got shit on in the, uh, <laughs> the, uh, Street <laughs> yeah. Fighter Five tournament. Dude, Street Fighter Five is trash. And, uh, you heard it here first. Oh, shit. Hot takes. <laughs> yeah fired shots fired um so i would get shit on street fighter 5 definitely but man i might put up a fight in tekken yep. so if there's a tekken tournament pop up i might fuck with it we could just make it happen i know that's true we just, <laughs> we just need to take the l and just make right. it happen yeah. <laughs> yes absolutely <laughs> you know what we need to know what we need to do and i want to i really want to do this with a bunch of friends like you and uh james nim and mike allen I want us all to get into a uh, Blaze Blue cross tag battle when it comes out because Blaze Blue is made by this game, uh, this um, company called Arxis, which is basically usurping Capcom as like the quintessential fighting game maker. So they make Blaze Blue, they make Guilty Gear, and now they're about to make Blaze Blue cross tag battle. And they made Persona 4 Arena and shit like that. And so I want to get a good troop of buds together to start. That would be cool, man. I would check it out. I would be like the guy. I'm like always the guy in Halo. It's like looking in the corner, running around. Yeah. Like, what the <laughs> fuck is this guy doing? Like, I am definitely that guy. Like the most recent system I have is a GameCube. Hey, dude. If that tells you anything. There's nothing wrong with that. GameCube is a classic system. Um, but yeah, kind of going back to what we were talking yeah, about, yeah. like the uh, like the original music that killed me and that stuff like that always stuck out to me and that was cool to see like um when we talked about music a little bit that we kind of had like this that similar taste in music mm-hmm. uh specifically with like guys like the strokes because i was yeah, huge into the strokes yep. and then even like uh julian casablanca's like uh like uh his, solo his album. first solo record yeah, yeah. with uh what was it fifth dimension i love phrases that song. of the young yeah well yeah. that song fifth oh, dimension yeah, yeah. in uh, phrases of the young yeah 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 I freaking love that song. It's like so throwback, like synth poppy. And so uh, what was kind of your introduction into The Strokes? My introduction to The Strokes was, uh, I will never forget this. I was at a party in high school, um, and I didn't drink at the time. I was like probably 16. And I was sitting on the couch, and uh, I, uh, for some reason... I just, I remember my hair being like at the peak of its Afrodom. It was just gigantic. <laughs> and I was just sitting at the, sitting on the couch at this party and everyone was around me was like drinking, having fun. I was having fun too. Uh, but MTV was on, right? And so it's like probably 12, 1230 at night. And I turned my head uh, when I hear like the ding, 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 ding. Oh yeah, ding. last night. Yeah. And I turn and I look at the TV and then I watched this and I was like, these are the coolest looking people that I have ever seen. That video is cool. Actually in my entire life. Like, I want to be exactly like them. 
dude, next weekend went out and got a jean jacket, got some like skinny jeans with some Converse. Like, I, yeah, I was all in. I was like, I've already got the hair. This is perfect, man. Yeah, they definitely had like that blown out like big hair. Oh yeah, dude, so good. And I've seen uh, I've seen the Strokes twice. Oh and man, seen Julian Casablancas once. That's awesome. I saw um, Albert Hammond Jr. was. At the uh, at Theopolis at right? Theopolis yeah. one day and I like missed the show. I was like, "What the hell?" <sighs> and then later on, Rooney was there and I was like, "What the fuck? Where am oh, I yeah, for all dude. these good shows?" Fucking love Rooney. Um, but with the Strokes, man, yeah, I remember hearing um, First Impressions of Earth, and I oh, love yes. that album. It has like a "You Only Live Once" on yep. it. Uh, Razor Blade uh, was probably of one of my on favorite uh, tracks. Uh, I remember when that record came out. It was kind of uh, it was very. Uh, polarizing from some of their other stuff you know people kind of wanted them to stick to the same formula mm-hmm. just because you know is this it you know it's going to go down as one of the best rock records of our generation and i love then, that album God yeah damn. me too but i i like room on fire more i think probably because it came out when i was a freshman in college and it was just like that time of independence and like i just always associate that record with being you know young kind of having mild amount of freedom yeah <laughs> Man, I think you could probably talk about each of their individual albums. I'd be like, I like that album. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> it would be like every time. Oh, like, dude. Uh, like, I, I feel like every single album, maybe not. I haven't spent as much time with Come Down Machine. Yeah, me neither, um, to be honest. But, you know, yeah, those first three were but just. But I fuck like, with Room on right. Fire Heavy and is, is, is yeah, this it? Yeah, dude. Me too. Yeah, I memorized that shit front to back. The other one, I love when people kind of like like that offbeat or stuff or things that like maybe weren't as like popular mm-hmm. um so the other one was like the hives oh yes and that, like i remember my intro was a uh, vinny vitty vicious yep mine too and man just they their whole like look cracked my shit up like the bolo ties and the matching i and, thought it was great yeah and it, one of the guys like plays like a rickenbacker so he, he like uh, it, they're just like offbeat like to the max well and that that was what was so fun about them was they were offbeat, but they marched to the beat of their own drummer, which was doing whatever the fuck they wanted <laughs> and being as loud as possible. Like I remember really liking them, like when you know, hate to say I told you so came out, and like everyone obviously jumped on that song. I went and bought the record at Best Buy, duh. Uh, and then when I believe it was Kirsten Dunst and Jimmy Fallon were hosting the MTV Video Music Awards one year. It was a bunch of, it was like heavy, like rock and roll stuff. And they had like bands, like battle the bands each other. And it was the hives versus the vines. And, uh, yeah. And the hives came out and played, uh, Oh, they Main play Offender. idiot walk. Oh, okay. Yeah. They played, no, they played main offender. So it's from Vinny Vitty vicious. And then, uh, the hives were going to do, or the vines were going to do get free, but like, um, main offender was just like so hardcore and just like so on that Hal and Pell at the end, he was like, I know you want us to hear more, or he said, I know you want us to play more, but that's all the time we have, so you can turn off now. Damn. Was just like, oh my Savagery. God. Yeah. And then uh, the Vines came on and totally beefed it, and I was like, cool, I like the Hives. <laughs> <laughs> they win. Yeah. And well, then, the Hives, are, they're from like, uh, Sweden. were they from Sweden? Yeah. And he'd always say, hi, we're the Hives from Sweden. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, dude, we, uh, I went and saw them at the Gypsy Tea Room in 2004, with uh when they were touring tyrannosaurus hives and they probably played 30 songs in about an hour and a half jeez they like blow through those songs dude they had people eating out of the palm of their hand i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen they yeah they're and their uh their presentation game was impeccable too because like 
just all up to the T, like the bolo ties, the the white jackets with white pants, everybody business, dapper dude. as fuck. <laughs> it was totally it's just business. Like, dude, you guys Come are the on. shit. <laughs> but then you kind of saw like they, those guys kind of got shit on for doing it because you know they always get made fun of. And then you see people do that like all the time now. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's like, it's, man, those guys were like trendsetters, definitely. Mm-hmm. And yeah, they didn't. I mean, they didn't give a fuck. They still put out great records. It's they have a formula. Um. Now, I don't want to take away from the Vines too much just because I, uh, I mean, that Get Free, that shit was huge whenever it came out. Uh, was it Highly Evolved? Yeah. Yeah. That, that was, was a good record, album, yeah. I thought. Um, but that was one of those things, like, um, when I tell, like, people about this, like, yeah, that's back when MTV played music. Yeah. Because that's where I first heard about them. That's yeah. where I first heard my favorite bands, Kings of Leon. Ooh. And that's where I first heard The Bucket. That was the first song I ever heard by Kings of Leon. Fuck yeah. And I was just like, man, these guys are incredible. Like, mm-hmm. who are these guys? And then you find out they're like, some a couple of the guys are from Oklahoma and, and mm-hmm. they're like huge into like Oklahoma. Like, uh, they're like fans of OU and everything. And it's like, yeah, they tell this is super there, cool. They? Yeah. yeah. And I, uh, man, The Bucket, the uh, the record that it came off of, Aha Shake Heartbreak, is in my top 10, like of all time. That oh, record yeah. is priceless yeah i love that album well i really like any album by them to yeah. be honest but <laughs> i'm like a total fanboy when it comes to them but no i really shame. i really liked um i really liked uh come around sundown that album kind of gets shit on but <laughs> i pretty much like every song on that album yeah. um but yeah I, I try not to be like a gen oneer i guess with them where i'm like anything from then on is like eh, i don't like that because yeah. it's not the same old thing i knew i'm totally fucking guilty of that dude <laughs> dude 100 percent. no and and i have no shame like the first three records i'm i'm down you know i'm down to clown but everything after that i haven't touched yeah the first time i actually saw them in concert was um it was at the ford center at the time uh-huh. And that was only by the night tour. So it's the with Sex on Fire and You Somebody was on. Yep. And I remember thinking, like, these guys are incredible. Just like that, <laughs> that hearing You Somebody live for the first time, I was like, this Dang. is like a religious experience. Yeah. Like, that's the <laughs> that's closest cool, thing. Um, but yeah, do you have something like that? Like, who's like maybe the Strokes for the first time? Or? Uh, I mean, uh, oh, that was like religious experience. Yeah, you're just like, like, wow. The, this oh, is... the Hives. Easily the Hives. Um, that show was, uh, it was a huge punch in the mouth you know we i was 19 and me and one of my best friends from college went and saw it uh we got like a hotel room in dallas so it was like we were we were ready to party and then seeing the hives come out and basically just shred us for an hour and a half with 30 songs it was just like oh my god <laughs> like set the bar so high yeah like those that high energy like you gotta think like man how do this guy's not all have like heart attacks and die by now dude especially because they had loki they had a guy that was a pretty good sized dude in that band he was he was and he was like the lead guy but think about it dude it's like they that was a workout for them so they worked out for an hour and a half every single night (laughs) in in like sweatsuits basically man yeah and they're like in those heavy ass suits like god damn i'm out on that fucking did it i can't even like i when i got married i was like we're not wearing suits i'll tell you that much (laughs) like i am not fucking with that i hope you're not i sincerely Uh, hope you're not in a suit well we're doing it our our, my wedding's in april and it's indoors um and so like april at night you know will be probably like 50 degrees something like that so it should be all right yeah, that'll be all right. Hopefully. I remember uh, it's funny, like thinking about because we got married in October, and uh, I remember talking. I can't remember who it was, but I was talking to someone uh, who had recently got engaged. And I was just like, "Oh, I hadn't seen the guy in a while," and I was just like, "Oh man, it was good to see. You. Like, congrats on your engagement." And just like talking to him, <laughs> and he was like, "Yeah, you got engaged too." And we got married, I think, after them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We get married after them, 
And so um, I was like, yeah, we're doing an October wedding. Like, it's going to be cool. Like, fucking dumbass people doing these summer weddings outside. Like, I can't stand that <laughs> yeah, shit. Yeah, it's like, oh, I just want to yeah. have that moment. And it's like, fuck you, so, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like shitting on. I was like, stupid ass people, like, in the summer. I was like, anyway, when are y'all getting married? And he's like, well, we're getting married in July outside. And I was like, <gasps> He's all like, my cringe. We're getting married like right around three o'clock. Yeah. There's going to be no shade. It was just like, man, I it was like one of those moments. It was just like, it was really a bad time to be named Harold story. That so time. So I'm not coming to the <laughs> wedding. But I was just like, Oh, but uh, totally. Like if yeah. you want to do oh, that, man, that's cool. I mean, it, but if you do it, it's the tight. fastest backtracking in the history, <laughs> history of backtracking. <laughs> yeah. No joke. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, music, yeah. um, da, <laughs> Another one that you talked about that I that really doesn't get a whole lot of love um, was a band that I was never personally into a whole lot, but it was just kind of like one of those bands that like everyone that likes the same bands would like this band, but it's Interpol. Right. Yeah, and I never got like huge into them, but um, it was like I'll, I'll, they were like always on the like on the fringe, like mm-hmm. like I knew who You're they like, were, but I never listened to them. You almost dipped in, but you yeah, didn't. and yeah. so um, but did you just kind of get into them organically just because like the you're kind of like into the strokes, kind of yeah, into like that it, ambient type it stuff. It kind of trickled down from that. I yeah. started reading Spin Magazine heavily, and then I saw them start to, you know, talk about, you know, this band Interpol is about to come out with this record called Turn On The Bright Lights, and it's going to be really good. And I was like, oh, you know, okay, I'll give it a shot. That's kind of a weird name, but, you know, I'll do it. <laughs> I mean, this is like 16, 17-year-old me. I didn't know I didn't know my ass from my fucking hands. Um, but, I, you know, I gave it a shot. I went and bought turn out the or turn on the bright lights at uh, again Best Buy. The, uh, that was the only place where we could that buy was cool the spot. music. Yeah, and uh, I really really loved it. And then when Antics came out, I loved that even more. Um, and then some of our love to admire was really really good. And then I stopped paying attention kind of after that. Yeah, you're like a three albums guy. Yeah, okay. yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'll give you your first three albums, yeah, but after that, I'm out. I want to digest. The rest of that shit, and then just like let let the rest go. It's like I want only what I want. I'm, I'm like a bird. I eat what I need, and then I move on. A buffet. Except uh, there's one band that is the exception, and that is Phoenix. Oh man, ain't, aren't they coming to Oklahoma? December fourth. Oh shit! I've been waiting. I've been waiting 14 years for this fucking show. Yeah, man. Of all the French bands, I know they're the only one. Mm. I don't think I know any other French you know what's bands. Funny? Well, uh, I was telling my uh, fiance the other week. I was like, you know, I just realized that. All of the bands that are on the top three of my bucket list are actually French. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's Phoenix. Uh, there's Daft Punk. Oh, duh. And then uh, my favorite band of all time that I still haven't seen, I don't know if I'll be able to, is uh, Air. Oh, They're My okay. absolute favorite band. Hmm. But being able to see Phoenix after waiting for almost 14 years is great. Yeah, that'll be <laughs> cool, man. Is it at the Chesapeake or where? It's at Kane's. Oh, Kane's. Yeah, it's oh, like shit. It's it's like a part of like uh, the Edge, like Christmas party, which huh. is I think like the Edge is like the rock station down there. Cool, man. Yeah. Well, that'll be a. I bet they do a killer show live. Yeah, I can't. I I kind of want to go down like the day before and do the classic like just like make a day of thing. it. Yeah, yeah, I'm just gonna like sit at the door so I can be front center. <laughs> be that guy, man. Yeah, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> For them general admissions, we used to do that all the time uh, when I was in high school. Uh, we did that for, I think we did that for Jimmy World. I think we did that for yeah. one of my favorite bands of all time, Anne Berlin. Oh, cool. <laughs> um, I love those guys. Unash- you, unashamed. Isn't it like a rite of passage to, you know, show up like 12 hours before a show and then just like run straight to the front? It's That's like it, man. kid who like is obsessed with There's music. no other experience like that. do it at least once. <laughs> Um, I'm trying to think of the other ones we did that for. I know we did it for Jack's Mannequin. 
Mm. Just because I was a huge mm. something corporate fan. Okay. Um, so anything like Andrew McMahon does, like I'm like, I, I'm all over that. Nice. I haven't really got into like the wilderness thing yet, but like uh, I haven't touched it. I was heavy into like Jack's Mannequin and like something corporate, like in high school. I think it was from here, and I'm like on the OC. Uh, yeah. Oh, dude, of course the OC mixtapes are so like incredible. Yeah, they had like the Killers, uh, Phantom Planet, which I'm a big fan of. The Walkman. Yeah, I love um, Phantom Planet. Rooney. As well. Did you go to that Phantom Planet show that was free? What? In at University of Tulsa? No. It was in like 05 or 06. Jesus. Yeah, but they played uh, it was right when they were touring the self-titled record, which is my oh, favorite no. Phantom Planet record. Yeah. <laughs> and they Shit. came on stage to the Zelda theme and then they just fucking ripped through the entire self-titled album. That's so sick. Yeah, it was tight. I love that song One Ray of Sunlight. Yeah. That's probably my favorite song by them. That is a good one. But yeah, I was like huge. I'm like a basic bitch in all walks of life. I no, guess, dude. Because I was a huge fan of the OC. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, low key, like the music on there, like yeah, the Killers. Uh, who else were we talking about? It's it's well known that that shit is incredible. The Walkman is how I heard. I mean, because the Walkman played at the bait shop in the yeah. OC. Like I love the OC. Like you never ever apologize for liking the OC because the OC is one of the best uh, television shows. And Rachel Bilson. I think I did a call to action before, but if you listen into this, I'm confessing my undying love for you. I love you, girl. <laughs> Casey uh, was kind of talking about <laughs> making fun of the OC. Like, I can't remember what he was. I think he was making fun of like the storylines in there. He's like, oh, no, uh, uh, Marissa took a bunch of uh, sleeping pills again. Oh, yeah, I remember that. like, God. Uh, that was like every storyline. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. So um, if we talk about the OC, we got to talk about um, – Give me your one TV show that is like the fucking like the guilty pleasure. Oh man, like now? Um, I mean, the, no, no, no. Like of any television series, no anime, but just like something like kind of in the vein of the OC. Man, I used to watch so I'll, that one, obviously that one. But I used to watch this one. It was like a, it was like celebrities would stay in a house. I can't remember what it's called. It was on VH1, but it was just such a train wreck of a show <laughs> that I was just like, what the hell is going to happen next? I remember Vern Troyer was on yes. it one time. Uh, what? It was like celebrity. <laughs> ah, I can't even think of what it is. It's like they all stayed in a house together, though, and it was but, like they were trying to win like a contest. So now we have to ask people on social media to please let us know what the fuck that show is because now I really want to yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find it. Yeah. What was yours? Uh, the abc family show greek greek yeah i, I don't like think it. i ever watched that i was in a fraternity in college and uh some of the content was relatable and i put that in the biggest like douchebaggiest air quotes possible <laughs> um but really i liked the characters i liked some of the actors on it that i followed uh since the show because i thought it was a lot of fun and it was just popcorn shit like i enjoyed it was it like a uh, sitcom or was it like reality uh, it was a sitcom. It was, uh, yeah, it was a sitcom. I mean, it, it was ABC Family, so it had, like, everything mixed in. It was funny, but at the same time, you know, like, it was serious sometimes, and then, you know, it was, like, heartwarming, and, you know, like, all that typical, like, Gilmore Girls kind of shit. Heartwarming, and there's, like, a lesson <laughs> at the end. It's, like, uh, Seventh Heaven type shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, <laughs> uh, you know, not as wholesome, because it was dealing, you know, with, like, oh, shit you go through through college, you know, yeah. like, getting wasted, um, like... Yeah, maybe like the kid loses his virginity, you know, like, and it kind of talks about subject matters like that. Like working through it. Type of thing. Right, right, right. The Surreal Life. That was the name of the show. What? Burn Troyer. <laughs> like they have like all these casts on here. So it's like Ron Jeremy was on one season. Was he in the season? Eric Estrada. Oh, Marissa. Uh, 
Misha Barton was in really? a season. I forgot. Yeah. Good for her. See, there's that. There's that. <laughs> that's why I mentioned that it came full circle there. It there all you comes go. back. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I remember. Okay, so it's like Vanilla Ice, China, The Wrestler. Dude. Uh, Ron China. Jeremy and Vern Troyer all in the same season. It's a very it's like, uh, eclectic lineup. Man. It's like. No A-listers. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Shocking. Yeah. I remember, do uh, you know Paul Wall? Yeah, of course. The People's Champ. They, uh, <laughs> so I remember, I think I saw something about, I think it was about him, was they had like that celebrity fit club or whatever, yeah. where like they invite celebrities on to lose weight. And they called him wanting to be on the show. And he didn't go on the show, but he was just like, damn, like I got to get my shit together if they're calling me to be on that. So he like got in shape, like he like Iron Man did and got really? in shape on his own. That's fucking I was like, damn, they're like calling people, like changing their lives, getting them in shape. And now he's like yoked. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, uh, I wonder if he still makes chains or grills. He made grills, didn't he? Uh, I mean, are grills really kind of in fashion anymore? Are they? They're never not in fashion. Uh, I thought. Yeah. I went to high school. Good point about grills. School. I went to, I work with a girl that, um, she's probably going to like, her head's going to blow up if she listens to this episode, but <laughs> she wore a grill to, uh, her prom. Whoa. And then she like Good took it. She, <laughs> That's awesome. She was from Houston. Okay. I should cool. disclaimer it. Okay, she's okay, from okay, like okay. Texas. Yeah. Uh, I think she said she took it off like in her, uh, in the bathroom and someone stole it. Like her grill. I'm like, who no. the fuck would like put your grill in their mouth? Like it's fucking gross. Is that ex- is wasn't an expensive grill? I don't know. I think she got it like at one of those like you know like the center one of those center things at the mall where you could buy like oh, sunglasses. Yeah, like a little kiosk thing. I think it was one of those like uh, not taken away from those fine people that work at those you uh, guys kiosks. Awesome. You guys are the backbone of this nation. But, <laughs> but awesome work. <laughs> awesome work. But uh, I think she did get it from there. It was like one of those. Had like the fake jewels in it or something. That's fucking tight. It was crazy. <laughs> she's man. She's gonna kill me for telling that story. Nah, you're fine. Uh, <laughs> you're fine. But man, that's funny. Well, Kellen, man, thanks yes. for coming on the show. I really dude, appreciate it. Uh, appreciate anytime. I, I, yeah. Like I said, dude, I love anime. Uh, real quick, why don't you tell people where they can find you, like on social, like Thunder Up and all that good uh, stuff? Yeah, so you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Kellen World Peace. Uh, Ryan Drake and I are currently planning funder up three um we're going to be announcing the game that we're going to be playing and a charity coming up real soon uh we'll probably be looking to have funder up three kind of near the first part of 2018 so in january or february so uh you'll definitely be hearing about it cool man nice yeah it's exciting and of course you could always follow us on social media tunes podcast on facebook twitter instagram all that good stuff that's tunes podcast t-u-n-e-s slash t-o-o-n-s and of course uh on google play uh, itunes wherever you listen to your podcast give us that five stars because you know we're cracking you up at every week splash that like button baby <laughs> but yeah we'll see you guys next time later